Hello, friends and family, fans of the National po- uh, Hockey League podcast. <laughs> what is the National Hockey League podcast? That's something we'll do down the road. Uh, I'm Roger, that's Dave, and my dad is listening to this one. Oh. National Talkie League oh. with Roger and Dave. Oh. Okay, welcome everybody to the podcast now. Uh, I will try and curtail the curse words. Don't know if I can do it for a full 90 minutes, Dave, but I'm going to give it a crack. We don't swear a lot, just usually once in a while for emphasis. That's the well, that's like the only reason I swear. I don't just like toss it around to, you know, show that I know the words. No. Nope. But the thing it, it's weird though, right? Like do you curse around your parents? Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never, right? And I don't either, but uh, well, I do a little bit around my mom because she taught me the first curse words I knew. But <laughs> I was I, just going to say, do I curse around my kids? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Not on purpose. <laughs> But I, I like I try not I, like I never curse around my father. But um, um, he but he caught me one time when I was a little kid, and it was like a you know one of those things I'll never forget. One of those uh, moments I'll never forget. But I was I hang out with a, a really really close friend of mine. He has grown children, and they ju- they speak like truckers around each other. And I'm, whenever, <laughs> whenever I see it, I'm like, really okay. Different people are different, I guess. Hey, Dave, how you doing? I'm doing really well this week. How are you doing, Roger? I am absolutely splendid. I've got we've got a great list of stuff that we get to talk about tonight. Um, I've yeah, actually the, I'm actually bringing stuff to the show this time around. What? And our 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 Facebook page just been lighting up the last couple of days here. Lots of people weighing in. Seems like we have a a, a following now. Mm-hmm. I'm still trying to figure out how we determine how many listeners we have. I think there's some podcasty ways to do that but another good way to let us know if you're listening is to go to the facebook page and uh leave us a comment uh about the podcast and or go to itunes and you can leave a review there and you could say hey i think those guys are great and then we'll feel good about ourselves yeah that's really helpful to us actually because it gets us a bit more uh notoriety and more prominence in the itunes uh i guess it's called apple podcast store now or no itunes but it's called apple podcasts now anyway um yeah so that gives us a little bit more uh, prominence there and then the the you know more people can discover the national talkie league podcast and then we'll we'll we just we we'll promise we'll start doing much better work at that point <laughs> <laughs> we'll stop hacking on reddit for a change um you know actually i've rediscovered my love for reddit i, I found a cool reddit sub that i'm i'm really into right now and uh that's cool um I, I like the Reddit as well. I mean, I, I, I bitch about it a lot, but I'm on there quite a bit. Um, our uh, our buddy Crack Max uh, from here in Calgary is one of the moderators for the uh, the Reddit Calgary subreddit. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Crack Max. I I just don't like when it it gets. Um, well, you know, we've talked about this in the past, Dave. I just don't like it when it gets into like flame wars or uh, people who seem like they're way too smart to be. Um, on you know for the for their own good or whatever like I like it when people go to Reddit like asking a question hey I'm curious about this can you help me that stuff's really cool or mm-hmm. I saw this really cool thing or this really neat thing happened or look at this beautiful picture like that stuff's awesome but um, as far as like political discourse goes I exited Reddit a long time ago just because I thought there's really no growth going on here nobody's trying to expand their knowledge set here so what was the Reddit, subreddit you found that you uh, liked it's a radio one. Um, I talk about this a bit, but you know, I've got this 
I don't know what so this this uh, Alan Parsons project I'm, I'm rolling out my Roger.fm website. So um, I, yeah, I just found a subreddit that's got what appears to be young people, young radio uh, hosts on it, young personalities who are trying to get somewhere, and I, I feel like I can help. So I'm uh, partaking in the conversation, posting my blog articles over there, enjoying myself. That's awesome. It's good. Yeah, it's good. It's cool. We uh, we had bought uh, I bought my wife a, a, a greenhouse for her birthday. Oh, I saw you put that up. That's garden. awesome. Yeah. And so before I put it up, I went on our greenhouses because there's our greenhouses, of course. And I said, hey, I'm about to put up a greenhouse. And this is a question I like to ask about a lot of different things. But my question was, uh, for those of you that have done this, have put up a greenhouse, what do you wish you had done differently or what advice do you wish someone had given you? Because I figure that way people go, oh, my God, when I put mine up, I didn't do this. And so make sure you do that, right? Mm-hmm. And they're very willing. So that's that's where Reddit really shines, I think, is stuff like that because a bunch of people said, yeah, make sure you do this. Make sure you do this. And, and they give you hints and tips. like, And that's something that might be a little tricky to search by yourself, right? Yeah, right. Ah, good call. Did you get good? You got good stuff out of yeah, yeah. Some people were saying, you know, like, oh, make sure when you set it up, make sure that you've got more venting than you think you'll need, and make sure you put an automatic uh, vent opener for the top. So they've got these, uh, like, it's almost like the the uh, I guess the gas loaded cartridge on your on your screen door. Oh, yeah. Okay. The so they got one thing. that. Sorry. Like the hydraulic thing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so it's. You put it in the fridge for about 30 minutes before you start putting it together. And then what happens, I guess, is as it warms up, it then opens up. So it opens the top of your greenhouse. And then when it cools, it closes back down. So that's the most that's how it works. That's amazing. I like that someone was standing around there thinking, you know, <laughs> you know what would work really well here? <laughs> and then like people looked at him like he was insane. No, 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 I'm thinking, hang on a second. Quiet. This is going to work. This is brilliant. See, the hot air will make it expand. It'll open in the day. It'll close at night. It's perfect. Jeff, we don't have 30 minutes to test your theory. <laughs> we need to get this greenhouse up. I like how in, in like the, the different, how different cultures approach innovation or invention, right? Like that guy's a millionaire, right? That guy went on, on uh, the gardening version of Shark's Tank and was like, yeah, no, people, because, you know, it's too high up to reach. You don't always want to be doing it with the broomstick. And this is going to do it. And it's eight bucks. It's Walmart. That's genius. The guy's a millionaire. You do that in well, Japan where you go to the greenhouse manufacturing company and say, uh, I've got this innovation. Then they thank you for your idea and send you back to the line. And you get to sleep <laughs> well at night knowing you've made the company proud. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, we're digging the greenhouse. I haven't really put uh, – we put some plants in the ground now. So we haven't really sort of figured out the temperature swings and everything yet. So we're in the testing phase. I'm a temperature maniac to start with. I love having like a little weather station in the backyard and – constantly checking the temperature so you know i'll just i want something that i could log what the temperature in the greenhouse is every moment pretty much (laughs) my challenge my challenge to you is to figure out like what that villain that comic book villain you just named temperature maniac like what's his what does he do how does he wreak (laughs) havoc on the society that he wreaks havoc upon he's slowly releasing chlorofluorocarbons into the atmosphere And when it rains for a month straight, summer vacation will be ruined for everyone. <laughs> hey, speaking of rain, uh, Canada's not having a good time with it right now, other than maybe the prairies, right? Well, yeah, but it won't be long before they're complaining that there's not enough rain in the prairies, right? To, I mean, ask a farmer, how's the weather? It's too dry. <laughs> it's too wet. Um, 
No, I but know. Like, it's hard to watch. It's hard to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially, uh, you know, seeing as we were uh, the, the victims of the flood not too long ago, um, then on the nice side is I haven't seen too many people beacon off and going, hey, take that Eastern Canada, because we kind of know now flooding just sucks, really. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And I was kind of, you know, that was one of the first things I thought of. And I, I think that might say something about me. But when I was watching the video, I was thinking to myself, you know, I hope nobody's going good. I'm glad. And I, cause I just know people do that. I know people are like, Oh good. You now you guys know what it's like to be out West or, uh, which is a pretty shitty, uh, by that, I mean, awful way to, um, to, to approach such a matter review such a matter. But yeah, I, I, it just, to me, it speaks to how divided we are as a country and how it's just like, you know, we, we, we just don't feel, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I hope I'm wrong. I hope people are seeing those pictures and their hearts are really bleeding for for our brothers and sisters uh, out east. But I just know that we're such a divided country that 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 may not be the case. That's one, by the way, Roger. Uh, <laughs> I'll keep score. <laughs> Do you have like a bell we can ring. Ding! I'll put a quarter in the jar every time, Padre. Um. I saw one comment on uh, on Facebook, and someone was like, "Oh, I hope I hope Justin Trudeau is doing something about this." And I'm like, "There's flood water everywhere. What what exactly would you like Justin Trudeau to do at this moment? Well, there's water everywhere. What uh, what do you think he might be up to?" Yeah, well, you know what the problem is going to be is when the money gets out out of Ottawa, like lickety split, and goes and helps all these communities, right? Um, you know, I, I I just I, I think that if there's an ex, like a response of great expediency, that uh, I think there'll be a lot of sore um, sore feelings in in Alberta. But it was a different government then. It was a Harper government, and I don't know. I just these things just have a way of, and there are certain agitators in the media sphere who just have a way of of torquing these stories to to make their public feel victimized. So you know what's going to happen. I just thought it was funny because my first thought was like, oh, well, if the floodwaters have started subsiding, then he could come and help you move things out of someone's basement. <laughs> but I don't know what one does during the flooding that could be of use, really, other than telling people uh, maybe don't go out in the flood. Right. Well, that was my that was my whole thing about Nenshi's heroics during the flood, right? It was like, you know, I, I don't mind it. I mean, I like the guy. Um, as a as a mayor, I think he's I don't know. I think he's a decent mayor. I just don't think he's I think he sometimes gets ahead of himself on, on shooting his mouth off accidentally and saying the wrong things about the wrong people. But um, I don't think it's a very controversial statement I just made. This might be, however, I think he did his job quite adequately and and well during the flood. I don't think he exceeded what was uh, really expected of him. It was that we're in a state of emergency. Can you imagine if during World War II at any time, Sir Winston Churchill had thought to himself, uh, I'm, not, I'm just not going to do the BBC address this time around. <laughs> Can we just blow this one off? Come on. Papa wants to have a smoke. Sit out back. Have, a, have an extra dram of, of scotch. I mean, I think if anything, he, you know, he was on, on duty probably longer than someone might expect. Like he didn't take off and go get, you know, eight or nine hours of sleep. I think that was that was something above and beyond that other mayors may or may not have done. I don't know. But yeah, and I mean, how are you going to know? I, I don't know. What's Denny Coderre doing? I saw that he declared a state of emergency at some point. I, like it's 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 a moot thing, right? It's it. I mean, we couldn't possibly do some sort of a comparative analysis here, but you know, I just thought, hey, no, he did a he did a very good job. I would expect he would have done that job during under those circumstances. But yes, whatever. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, on the Facebook page, this is why you need. Yes. This is why people need to visit the Facebook page. 
You get to see a picture of what horrible people do with their shopping carts at Walmart. And for the life of me, I can't figure this out. Why, why do people not put the shopping cart – like they let the chain of shopping carts extend out into the driving lane in the parking lot? Now, are, are we sure this wasn't some yokel who works at the Walmart <laughs> who was just being lazy and jammed all the carts into one side? <laughs> this is what people do, man. And it's like go to go to Superstore in the wintertime in, in December, right, when there's a lot of people that are cramming in the Christmas feast shopping and the toy shopping there. The, the, it's the, it's like they're building a, a wall to keep Mexicans out of the superstore. It's crazy. And they're doing it with the shopping carts. It's wild to see. I don't understand. I just want to know though, like how people don't see that, like that that level of situational awareness. Because you got your car presumably to the Walmart, so you're supposed to have some sense of spatial awareness and and and, <laughs> and that things are moving in lanes around you, and that you could obstruct one. Uh, it just it's beyond me. I uh, I don't go to the superstore, Roger. <laughs> I just can't take it. I can't. The last time I went into the superstore, I was literally walking up. You know the uh, the little carrying. What do you call those little baskets? Yeah, that you carry carrying basket. I was literally walking up to grab one of those, and someone walked in front of me and cut me off. Wow. In the super, I literally had made it five steps into the superstore before it happened for the first time, and I knew it would happen a good thirty or forty more times. So you, you just. You're just in the vestibule at that point. You're not even actually like you, yeah, you can't no, even really say you're in the superstore. <laughs> it's just yeah, I can't take the superstore. I just can't take it. Superstore is like my hair shirt. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like I go to superstore and I just like okay, this is your this is your test of patience. You're gonna do this. You're gonna I get need through to it. Get it's some fine. noodles. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, and I need a vast selection of noodles. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, what's that? Sorry, I was just going to say while we're on the subject of, of stores and how people act in them, um, uh, I, my uh, my wife had taken me to uh, to Sunnyside Garden Center. Oh. You know the big garden center over near uh, Bowness. Oh, I, I, I know it well, Dave, and I commend you. I will not go there anymore. <laughs> so normally we have a decent time there. Sometimes we'll go and uh, we'll just have fun. We make up little games that the kids can play while we're there and – it's all a good time. But for some reason, we went on Sunday, and uh, apparently it was a super rude guy day or something. <laughs> it's like if you brought someone who was super rude with you, you got in free. Because uh, I swear, more people, you know, just being jerks and, you know, walking for like – I had to pull my kid out of the way of someone's cart. Just walked right by, sneered at me, didn't thank me for doing – and it was just like like everybody was just being a jerk face. Wow. Now, um, now you say apparently it was super jerk day, but you didn't you didn't get the flyer. Like your wife didn't choose to go on that day because oh, she thought that's this probably would be why perfect. we were there. Yeah, that's right. She's like, okay, hey, let's go. I'm one of the super. Yeah, jerks. And you're, you're the only jerk. Everyone else was doing things just fine. <laughs> uh, no, it was unreal. Like I, normally, you'll get every once in a while you'll get somebody who's you know having a bad day or whatever, and they're just being be in the way they are but it, i swear there was like 10 or 12 people people check you know like walking in front of you or leaving their cart right in the middle of the aisle so you can't get past them or just uh i just wanted to smack everybody pretty much by that, the end of the time that's the other thing i don't get too is the carts in the middle of the aisle like do you move will you physically move somebody's cart if it's obstructing you in a store yeah if they're not standing right there if i can't say excuse me and, the, and they move then yeah i'll move their cart yeah i i don't i just move the cart yeah, and I don't, you know, I'm sure some people think it's rude. 
I really don't care. Um, you got in, you, it's not your store. It's a team <laughs> sport. And if they're babies in there, maybe not, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> see yeah, but I don't now. hang on. I don't like send it down the aisle. <laughs> like, I just like, which would be great. No, I just like, I, like it, like it's a garden gate, right? I just like move it. So I walk past and then my hope is that like, and I'm not a jerk about it. I'm I'll just like, I'll, you know, somebody will say, Oh, sorry. Or excuse me. I'll be like, no, you're fine. <laughs> I love it when you get the sarcastic excuse me. I just take that as like they're uh, they're asking to be excused. It's okay. No problem. But uh the worst is the um like on the ends of the aisles, right? Where they got like the featured products. People mm-hmm. will be pushing a cart past that and they'll stop and then their cart is barricading the aisle. And then you know, I think to myself, you don't see that, do you? You don't get it. That, well, and that's on the uh, the companies for putting the products absolutely everywhere so nobody can get by. Or uh, the worst is like uh, Walmart and Home Depot sometimes because they'll put pallets out in the middle of an aisle. Right, right? yeah, yeah. Just to jam that aisle up good so only one cart can get, pi- <laughs> get by and now you're just toast, right? You yeah. got that one guy who's going in the wrong direction. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they should have arrows on the, on the aisles. Oh. They should have arrows on the ground at the mall too. They should just paint road lines on on the on the floor at the mall. I love the people too who will be like shopping, but they're shopping in the same aisle and they're going in, in you know opposite directions. They're like going towards each other, for example, and they're both looking at they're both looking at the items on the shelves like like someone whose sight has just been restored and they've never <laughs> seen the stars before. Wow, there's there's four flavors of Nescafe. Wow, and then. They both stop at like adjacent to each other and they form what is essentially like a support, like a butt plug in the aisle and <laughs> nothing is getting through here. And I just, again, I think to myself, you don't see that, do you? What do you, why don't you move one step forward? Let's go. They're usually elderly. Costco is probably the worst for that, I think, because Costco gets so jammed up with people and anybody who's going remotely in the wrong direction or trying to go up the side of the aisle or something. Oh, just makes me crazy. I, I I try to run through Costco. Do you ever go to like Costco for run? one thing? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I rarely succeed. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone to Costco for like one thing before. Like standing in the aisle holding the giant roast of beef. That's it? Yeah. You endured this for that? I did. <laughs> <laughs> I picked up some uh, some ribs from the Costco this week. Nice. nice. And uh, they're going in the sous vide tonight. Ooh. And then they're going on the grill tomorrow. Okay. Oh, that's going to be good. I'm thinking about so they that. So yeah, they get up to temperature and then uh, we just throw a bit of a bark or whatever on them tomorrow. Yeah, buddy. That's the plan. How, have we talked much about – we've talked about the sous vide, right? We, yes. Yes. Almost endlessly. Almost endlessly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sous vide and pork chops tomorrow night. Oh, nice. Sous vide is like made for pork. Oh, yes. it's so good. Um, now you're you're a master barbecue man, so you probably I don't know if you'd even consider doing ribs on a sous vide, but I'm not that great. And what I find is that the ribs uh, take forever, and I usually do a poor job of them. So I thought, well, maybe the sous vide will take most of the heavy lifting out of the way, and all I have to do is get a little sear on them, and then uh, so we're gonna try that and see how it goes. Yeah, I'd love to see how it goes. The reason the reason I wouldn't do pork that personally that I wouldn't do it is just because of how much I enjoy the time spent barbecuing ribs. And that's kind of like my Zen place, you know what I mean? Fair enough. That's yeah. my that's my yoga. <laughs> that's the my, the one thing namaste. I'm missing. 
the one thing I'm missing from the recipe is the liquid smoke. So I'm not going to have that smoky flavor to them unless I get that in the last little bit there on the, the sear, you know? Yeah, you won't get that like pink ring um, necessarily. Or that Apparently pink, if pink you color. use a oh, – I, sorry, I keep cutting you off. No, I? no, you cut me off all you want, man. It's, it makes um, the show better. <laughs> Says everybody listening. <laughs> uh, apparently, if you use like a Himalayan sea salt or something like that, you can get that that smoke ring going on. Is what I read in the. Just just do the Chinese trick and paint it pink. I don't understand that. Like they do that, and who are they fooling? <laughs> like I don't know how that that became because you don't go into a Chinese food restaurant and say I'll have the steak, and then there's somebody in there with like a sharpie felt, like drawing the grill <laughs> lines on it. No, no, yeah, we grilled it. How about that? I don't understand the pink pork thing, why that ever caught on, but it's, it's the plastic surgery of food. And and you'll never eat more sort of red chicken than you will in, in, a, in, a, in a Chinese restaurant, hey? Yeah, exactly. Like the kind of chicken that no one else would serve. They'll be like, yeah, that's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> Knock yourself out. Um, but yeah, I, I have this thing. Um, this is like my Chinese food challenge, right? Because all the... Every single the, – okay, the premise is that all the restaurants are the same. So like you know okay. when your friend is like, oh, you got to you know, oh, you gotta eat at this place. It's the best. I believe – this is what I – this is my hypothesis. One dish there, and it might be their favorite dish, is good. All the rest are pretty much identical to what you're going to get anywhere else in the city. So here's what you do, okay? Randomly select a Chinese food restaurant. So a way to do this is you use Google Maps and then you Google Chinese food restaurants around your house. And then just like drag the map several neighborhoods over, you know, touch one of the smaller dots and find out what that restaurant is. Phone it without ever looking at the menu. Just start ordering stuff. <laughs> and you won't confuse them. You'll get through your order perfectly. <laughs> and they'll be like, yeah, come pick it up or whatever. But there there will be no – you'll never hear someone in this game say, uh, we don't have that. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and it always tastes exactly the same. Yeah. And it's always never as good as I want it to be. I always think, oh, we should get Chinese food. We should get some takeout. And then you order and you're like, that wasn't that good. Oh, yeah, no, it's it's never that good. Is it? No, it never is. And that's what's – like I think that when you stopped drinking irresponsibly and sleeping till 11, that's when Chinese food stopped tasting good. Because like eating at Singapore Sam's, the, while you're drunk, best Chinese food ever. <laughs> Eating lunch at Singapore Sam's, not <laughs> not recommended by, <laughs> by any number of dentists. So when I was at the River Rock uh, a couple weeks back there, um, so I was there for the, the Lego show. We talked about that. Yeah. And so because you're at a hotel that is also a casino, your eating choices are pretty much, you know, they've got the bar with super overpriced food. They've got a full-on buffet, but because this is a river rock, it's a full-on Chinese buffet. Like, you know, full nine yards. They probably do dim sum. I didn't really check. But probably good, but also, you know, $25 for lunch kind of thing. Right. So the only place to eat that had sort of regular food was uh, in the casino. They had a little – almost like a food court. There's like three, three stalls, right? So one of them does burgers – one of them does Chinese food and one of them does sandwiches or something. And so I went to the one with the, the Chinese food and I just got like the chicken with noodles. And I swear I had that like five times while I was there. <laughs> it was great. I loved it. Nice. Can you do that? Can you just eat the same thing again and again? Like, well, is, apparently that weekend I could, yeah. <laughs> but is that a case of like everything else looked horrific or are you like I found something I loved? 
No, it was good. Yeah, I think it was more like, well, do I want to try something different and, you know, maybe wreck it? Or like, yeah, th- this one went down pretty easy. I'll, let's do that one again. You right, know? yeah. I was on a, well, Aaron and I went to um, uh, Thailand. So we flew Cathay Pacific and uh, we got off the ground and, and I think it was, I guess it was breakfast. So um, came down the aisle and said, would you like breakfast? I said, yes, what, what do you have? And I can't remember what the Western style choice was. I think it might've been an omelet. And he offered me that. And I said, is that all you have? And he goes, no, we also have kanji. I'm like, I will have kanji. I'm not familiar with what this is. Bring me kanji. And so he brought me this bowl that looked like inedible. Like, you know, it, it was good. I'll say this. Like, it was good. I get kanji. I understand why people like it. Um, and I actually liked it. I, the couple times I've had it. But I, I saw that. I'm thinking to myself, well, if anyone can make kanji taste delicious – it's it's somebody who's rethermalizing this at thirty five thousand feet. Yeah, bring it on! It's actually probably better than the omelet. So, um, one thing I had while I was there that was super awesome, uh, and you might know about this because you're you were a Vancouver guy. Although I don't know if it's a new trend or not, but it's called I believe it's called the Japan dog. Oh, Japan dog, yeah, Japan dog. Yeah, that's it. Never had it before. Kind of cool. Kind of interesting. Now, right? d- little. Sure. Yeah. Um, go on. How were you going to describe it? I don't want. So I was, just, I was just going to say for people that haven't heard of it before. So basically, what what they had served us at the the this little mixer thing we were at was it's a like a half of a regular hot dog, right? So a smaller bun, about a half of a hot dog. This one had it seemed like it had uh, like uh, brown beans right inside with it. Oh yeah. Which, which I thought, oh, that's a brilliant idea. Why have I never done that before? Like put the beans right on the hot dog. That's kind of brilliant. But then they also had like teriyaki sauce on it. And then sort of, you know, like the stuff that you'd put on the top of the sushi. I'm making the symbol of uh, <laughs> stuff on the top of things, the international symbol for that. Um, but it's basically, yeah, adding some sort of, you know, like sushi or, or Japanese, I guess, based flavorings to a hot dog. Kind of fun. Apparently they're all the rage. Uh, yeah, the, my, the best to the best of my knowledge, Japa Dog was a cart, a, uh, a hot dog cart that got so popular and lined up that they would be like tweeting their location and people would just be going crazy to get to it. And um, they ended up opening a, I think they had, they got like a store on Robson Street, which is like some pretty posh real estate. Um, yeah, I, I've I had the Japa Dog. Um, yeah, I give it to you. Absolutely, it was good. Good hot dog, fun, super fun hot dog. You would never catch me waiting to get one of those. Uh, but but the takeaway is awesome. Like I absolutely stole um, a couple of items from them. Like uh, what the hoisin. So take this. Mix equal parts hoisin, sriracha, and mayonnaise. And you've got a wicked topping for hot dogs. Mm, it's great. That sounds good. Yeah, it's super good. Um, really well, good uh, in like rice bowls and stuff too. Even just the, the teriyaki, right? Just right, throwing yeah. some teriyaki on there. I would never have thought to do that. It's a great flavor, great combination. Seaweed too. Like, why are the Japanese the only ones that eat seaweed? Like, it's really good stuff. They're making ice cream out of it. They're wrapping the food in it. They're making, they're slicing it thin and putting it on hot dogs and stuff like that. And no one else <laughs> in the world is touching it. They've got the got the market cornered. Bugs me. Maybe they were running out of food. I don't know. What can I tell you? There's a bumper crop. That's the thing. It's like farming seaweed's got to be a. Really tiring job. So you got to hold your breath. You got to <laughs> get that rake out. It keeps floating up to the top, you know. Only farmer who's not praying for rain. He's watching <laughs> the news. Oh, drought conditions. He's going, <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's going to be wet again. Oh. <laughs> so um, 
Okay, so this seems sort of natural since we're already on the topic of food. So uh, you had posted uh, a question on the Facebook page that took the Facebook world by storm, Roger. Mm, indeed. You posted a picture of the chicken on the way, which I visited recently, and I always do that every once in a while. Then I remember, got to not get chicken from here anymore. What? Uh, but then I – oh, no. I, listen, I love the fritters. Love the fritters. But uh, the chicken on the way, uh, it's like they've never changed the, the the oil in their fryer ever. And uh, the chicken is generally quite overdone, I find. Okay, bite your tongue. How dare you? As an Sorry. institution. I'm sorry. As a Canadian – a Calgary institution. <laughs> so you posted a question and you said, very Calgary-centric question. What's your favorite thing to eat in the city? You must be specific. Name the menu item. Uh, multiple entries allowed. We're easy like that. Easy like Sunday morning. Yeah, boy. So we got a – what would you call this? A grab bag of answers? A crap ton of answers? A What's your preference a here? A passel? A murder? A parliament? <laughs> a takeout pack? Yeah, a family go. pack of answers? <laughs> Yeah, club pack. There you go. Uh, yeah, we did. So the the thing about the question though is, it's like you you can't open the door for someone just to say Peter's driving because then you're huh. thinking about well, hang on a second. This is like one of the most mediocre burgers in the city, and the fries are are the fries are just whatever point on the Richter scale they become mashed potatoes. They're just beneath that. Um, they used to be good. I don't know what they did. They changed them, and they're just garbage now. I'll say the same about the fries of chicken on the way, by the way. I mean, you're really only getting those if you're missing Ireland or you're yeah. starch deficient. But the they're chicken, much, oh mushy God. fries there for sure, yeah. Right, but if you ask me where to go for a milkshake in this town, I'm, I'm only going to take you to one place. It's Peter's. Yeah. Well, they got the selection, and they do a decent, they do a thick milkshake. Like yeah. you, pretty much have to wait a couple minutes for that thing to start melting before you can get any action out of it. You know? Yeah, you can't. You can't physically consume one in the winter time. Do you know what my uh, my current favorite uh, milkshake at Peter's is? No. Are you ready? Are you yeah. excited? Bring it. It's uh, pineapple, coconut, banana. Pineapple, coconut, banana. That's pretty much like a pina colada with a with a nice garnish. And you, you know what's funny the is garnish. <laughs> the last time I went there, I pulled up the window and she's like, so pina colada with banana? And I was like, no, no, I ordered the <laughs> coconut, pineapple, and banana. <laughs> don't, don't categorize my milkshake. It was so good. I was thinking about it for days after. Uh, it just reminded me of the tropics. Yeah. Why, why not do – more of that though. Like why not have more milkshakes that are named after cocktails that are going to take you away? Like, is there a Mai Tai milkshake at Peter's drive-in? Well, that would be good. Yeah, it would be good. And it'd be easy, right? What is that? Or, or orange or daiquiri. Yeah, daiquiri. <laughs> I was reading, or watching a YouTube video where they say the daiquiri is like the drink you order if you want to test a bartender's chops. Huh. And I can't figure that out for the life of me. And, and by the way, this is like one of those things I don't want to have explained. Because of the person who will explain it to me. <laughs> but not have a conversation I, I, with that person. <laughs> I have no desire to, to describe for you, but is the daiquiri not just a margarita with a different alcohol? That's my take on it. It's rum and, and juice. Rum and lime juice or whatever. But that's what they well, say, it's, that it's, like the, it's, the, it's the drink you use to test a bartender's chops. Right. And the Mai Tai is a, just basically a, like a screwdriver, right, with a different alcohol in it. No, isn't my doesn't Mai Tai have because the screwdriver's vodka and OJ. Right. So isn't a Mai Tai um 
rum and orange and pineapple juice. Oh, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, no, and uh, something red. Grenadine? Grenadine. So, it, no, it's a, it's a Shirley Temple. It's a, <laughs> it's a slutty Shirley Temple. <laughs> what, you know, if, do you know what? Shirley Temple is a virgin cocktail version of which cocktail? Do you know? Well, the Mai Tai is what <laughs> no, I'm it's saying. A, it's the Singapore Sling. The Singapore Sling oh, okay. is a – you put gin in a Shirley Temple, you got a Singapore Sling. So, and if you put rum in it, you've got a Mai Tai. Uh, here we go. Rum, rum, OJ, Cointreau, lime juice, uh, a bit of sugar, a bit of grenadine. There. That's a Mai Tai apparently. Okay, that sounds a little fancy, but maybe. A yeah. L- little snooty. I like my Mai yeah. Tai like I like my beer. I'll take an Old Milwaukee Light, please. <laughs> this is a, this podcast, by the way, is powered by Old Milwaukee beer products tonight. Dave's drinking one on the other end. <laughs> it's true. I hardly ever drink beer while I podcast. And uh, the the burping is letting me know why I hardly ever do it. So. <laughs> do you, what, hold up your can there for a sec for everyone to see. All right. Uh, uh, there. Get a good look at that. So Old Milwaukee used to have these pinup girls on the cans, and I really liked that because I liked that style of art. I wonder if some feminist movement didn't pressure them to take it off there. I don't know. I mean, this the cans now are super old school. Like they're, you know, just the word Old Milwaukee and <laughs> beer, and that's it. Right. There's nothing else on that can. And the girl's still on there. There's like a little kind of yeah. symbol or seal badge there with the pinup girl sitting cross-legged on there. I just – I wonder if <laughs> – Somebody raised a fuss or if they did what a lot of beer companies are wisely doing and saying, hey, let's include women in our ads. They're a quarter of the market after all. Fair enough. Um, I like the old cans too. I remember you showed me one of them at one point. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about this before. So I'm a, I'm not a, a, a heavy drinker. Uh, I have this uh, uh, balance issue. One of my balance centers in my brain doesn't work properly. So – uh, any sort of, you know, uh, any advantage I can give my brain is better. And so getting drunk is not a pleasurable thing to do because it sort of sends everything out of whack. So I don't drink a lot these days, but I will every once in a while. Have, I'll miss it, especially in the summer. I'll be like, I'm going to go buy some beer. So I'll buy a six pack. Apparently now an eight pack is what they're selling them. I don't know. Perfect. <laughs> um, I bought an eight pack. It will probably remain there until the fall and then I'll probably throw it out unless maybe you come over and drink a few of them for me. Happy to. But uh, yeah, so I, I mean, I just, I, when I do buy this stuff, I don't buy super fancy, you know, I like, I like a village cause I like the folks at village. So I'll buy the beer out of solidarity to them. Um, but other than that, I'm a kind of a cheap beer guy, I think. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, well, the good news is you can um, you don't have to pour it down other people's throats, right? So you can be free to order whatever you want. <laughs> I just like I, I, you know, Boy. I'll be at the bar and I'll order a Bud Light, and like you, you can take me to a craft beer. Like, oh, come to this this place; they've got a hundred craft beers from around the world. Like, like what's that craft? Right? There's that beer place called Craft. Sure. Yeah. So I've been there a few times, and I'm just like, uh, yeah, I just have a have a coconut. <laughs> and people are like, what? There's a Roger. There's a thousand taps here. You can get anything you want. Like, would you shut up? <laughs> would you just let me drink my cheap beer in peace? <laughs> See, I tried to be, I tried to be a little more fancy with my beer ordering, but this is what happened to me. And you'll get where I'm going almost right away. You'll go into a a bar of you know some repute, a decent bar, and uh, they'll say, "Oh, we've got this on tap, and we've got that on tap." And I will ask them, "Oh, what sort of pilsners do you have?" 
And what will they say to me, Roger? We have Pilsner. <laughs> oh, we don't have Pilsner. Or, oh, yeah, we've got Pilsner. I'm like, no, no, I'm referring to the, the style of beer. And they look at you like you've just invented something new. And I'm like, <laughs> how could you work in a bar and not understand the classification of beer called a Pilsner? What the heck? Yeah. I, I'm i always impressed by the new standard, though, right? Like, I... um. I was I was out last week and the waitress came to the table and she said, uh, can I get you a beer? And I said, I would like a light beer. What do you have for light beers? And she said to me, we have Kokanee Gold and Mill Street Organic. And I just went, I'll have a Kokanee Gold. Because <laughs> I was like, I, there's nowhere I could get with that. <laughs> do you have, when you go inside, look at all the tabs. If the word light appears on any of them. I'll have that one. <laughs> it's like, we have kokanee gold. Ah, oh, you, you know you have it. I guess you've never seen it before. <laughs> Is that kokanee gold light by any chance? <laughs> so it's pretty funny, but uh, yeah, no. This, ordering beer t- to me is, uh, I think it's fraught with frustration for some reason, and then uh, it must be me. I must be doing something wrong. But whenever I ask, whenever I ask, what do you have on tap, and I get. Uh, what do you feel like? <laughs> I'm like, honestly, I feel like leaving this bar right now <laughs> and going somewhere where someone's going to tell me what beers they have on tap. The other problem I have quite quite often or when I was drinking beer that I had quite often is um, I like the beer to be cold. I'm a fan of the cold in the beer, right? As I think most people are. But if I order something, you know, a big 20-ounce pint, it's it's warm before I'm done drinking it. And if you order a pitcher for the table – I don't understand that because it's like you might as well just be lighting it on fire at that point because by the time we get halfway through that pitcher, it's warm again. I want the smallest – I want you to charge me proportionally, but I want the smallest glass of beer possible. I want you to just keep bringing them and I want them to be ice cold as I get them. Dave, I'm, I'm 100% on your side here. I would open this bar with you. Uh, you've been to Australia. You loved it there getting a beer there, I'm sure. Yes. Because yes. you, 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 you order a schooner. At Boston Pizza, a schooner is like something you could slip your, you know, Cinderella's entire leg into. It would be like a, a glass hooker boot for her. But um, in Australia, you get a schooner and it's like half a bottle or just over half a bottle of beer. And it's perfect because you can order like 10 of them in one sitting and, you know, and they're all, they're cold right to the bottom. It's perfect. Yes, yes. I don't, I don't understand people who want a larger glass. I mean, I guess. If you're drinking a bunch, it's it's a cost thing. But if they were to bring me that same pint for the same price in two glasses, one at a time, as as I can drink them, that would be much preferable to me. Um, on the on the Facebook page, yes. Sorry, this is where we started. We were talking about the <laughs> foods, right? So so how about how about this? How about I read through what's here, and then you give me your take on on that, and then you might not have a take. But does okay. that does that work for you? Uh, yeah, I can I can have a take. Okay. So uh, so Eric said, uh, Blowers and Grafton on Edmonton Trail. I'm not familiar with the place, but uh, I might have to check it out. I'm addicted to the large Donair with mozzarella, $13, and it's the best Donair on earth. I don't get it. I've First of all, I've never heard of the restaurant, and I admire them for calling it Blowers and Grafton because <laughs> it makes me laugh. Um, I got to say, I don't get the Donair with mozzarella. To me, and he, by the way, Eric took a picture of it and put it up here. So have a have a gander. Um, 
so I have I have two problems with this. One, I don't get the Italian cheese on the Middle Eastern delight. That sort of seems like a weird baby to me. And the second thing is, uh, I when I see the thirteen, like any number above ten for handheld foods, I my my reflex kicks in, and I'm like, that should be an eight dollar thing. Um, so yeah. I would probably never order that, which says nothing about how delicious it must be. Because I I believe Eric to be a man of of uh, refined tastes. See, I like me a donair, but I like getting the what they call the beef salad. So you just don't get the wrap; you get all the stuff from inside. Right. Yeah. But there's nothing. Yeah, I mean, I go to the the uh, the chickpea is right across the street from uh, from my day job, mm-hmm. and I'll go in there and you know they get you get that uh, the garlic. I guess it's like a garlic mayo almost, right? You get the garlic sauce, you get the hot sauce, you get the hub. It's all about the sauce, really. And then try to get as little of the the, the sweet sauce as I can because I'm trying to watch my carbs, which is also why I'm not getting the wrap. Right. But uh, it's great. It's a fantastic meal. Love it. I don't. I, I want to go to the factory where they make that giant cylinder of meat of meat. Like where do you even, no, you don't. <laughs> where, where do you buy those? I think those go in in like liquid form and then get like sawdust stirred into them or some coagulant. It's that's a weird thing because you've never seen most of what you see in 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 restaurants, like especially you know convenience food restaurants. You'll see them in the grocery store too, but but you're not buying the torso of beef lamb donkey. My uh, my next door when I when I was growing up I lived in Marlboro. Uh, don't think any uh, any less of me for that. Show me your bullet uh, scars, man. Um, <laughs> Show me where you my, got stabbed. <laughs> it's too many. It would take too long. Um, my next door neighbor was a butcher. Worked out of his garage for many many years, and I believe he <laughs> delivered to a lot of the halal delis and that kind of thing. And uh, and I know that he was doing this for a very long time because there was a news story uh, the day that the city raided his garage and put him out of business. But uh, yeah, so I could probably have asked him, but I never did. That's fantastic. That's clearly one of those like this is totally normal in other countries type things. Dad, well, the sheep go in, but <laughs> you never see him again. <laughs> Okay, so Daniel says, uh, is it Maracan? Is that how we pronounce that? Uh, macaron. The Macaron. So is this like a macaroon but fancier? I, I don't understand this. Macaron. I don't understand the Macaron. Macaron looks like a it's – a, it's a little dessert. Um, it's a cookie, right? Yeah, but it looks like a hamburger, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, they're, they're pretty incredible. They're kind of hard to make, but they're good. They're yeah. pretty good. I had a bite. I shared one with my wife tonight. Ah. Um, I think they're overrated. Like they're, they're good, but it's like they're expensive usually. And so I was just sort of looking at it and go, you know, just figure out this system for making that thing. Take take is a it, bit of the labor out of it and, and I'll pay a, a reasonable price. Is it better than a deep and delicious? <laughs> that, is a, that is hard. You got to think hard on that one. Uh, sorry. Anyways, Daniel says uh, the Alia Cafe is where you should get your macarons. See, Daniel is a man of refined taste, so I, I'll trust his judgment uh, on, on those macarons. 
next we had Julie who brought up the she wanted to know if someone could explain Calgary's obsession with Peter's drive-in. And then there was a little minor sort of discussion about that. You weighed in and said that they have a mediocre burger. Uh, one of my friends weighed in and said that he's been in Calgary most of his life, uh, doesn't get it either. And then I said, yes, they have horrible French fries, but they do know their way around their milkshake. We've discussed all that. And and finally, they've got debit. And that <laughs> that took way too long. And it was just like, OK, look, you guys are being a little too precious about this whole thing. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one in, in uh, Red Deer, I drove to and from Edmonton last week and, and flew past the one in Red Deer. And it was crammed. Yeah. It's like a gorgeous day. But I was like, I I. I don't get it. I'm glad they do well. Like I'm not. It's not like I'm rooting against them or anything like that. But <laughs> I mean, you've got to drive past Boogie to get to Peters in some cases, and that doesn't make sense to me. Well, the only problem I have with Boogie is it's just not a good place to be inside of. I find it's a little <laughs> divey. Like they could probably work a little harder at uh, at up in their game. I think their their food fine, no problems at all. All the effort goes into the burger, Dave. One hundred percent of it. But I mean, come on, you, how do you not order the iced tea in that place? <laughs> Somebody said I've been there in a while. You tell me. Oh, they still got the iced tea. They still have a picture of iced tea on the iced tea tap on the pot machine. It's like so good. And I think they've got Joust. I think is the is the resident oh, video okay. game. Yeah. I just I like Boogie. That's a good burger. Um, yeah, there. Put yeah, bo- I was- put, put Boogie on my list of burgers I enjoy. I was going to ask you because you don't seem to have any fast food burgers that you actually enjoy. So maybe Boogie's is the answer to well, that. But I think Boogie and Clive – look, if you want the best hamburger in the city, I'll tell you where it is. But you're not getting it quick, right? It's at, it's at Buchanan's. Okay. So, But uh, is that a fast food burger? No, or it's or not. Is now you, it's like a $15 burger. It's probably. a $15 burger. You're going to yeah. sit down and you're gonna they're going to grind <laughs> it out of sirloin and prime rib, I think, and a little bit of chuck. You're going to order it rare because they're grinding it when you order it. So it's like – it's. I don't know. Uh, I'd put that against any hamburger in town. I think it's the but, best one. But talk to me about a fast food burger. Ten dollars um, or less. Ten dollars or less. Uh, da, da, da. I haven't been to Clive in a while. I don't know what they're, if they're if they're under ten dollars. That's that might be it. Um, Boogie's good if it's under ten bucks. The fast food burger. I'll, I'll get a McDouble. They'll take you out for a McDouble. So your 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 that? idea is basically if it's not going to be a twenty dollars burger, I'm going to get the crappiest possible burger. Pretty that, much, yeah. Is that where you're going here? Yeah, what's wrong with that? And I can get it anywhere. By the way, there's no in between here. <laughs> if I'm feeling a little homesick, I know where I just go down the street and get a McDouble and get a McDouble anywhere. In some places, yeah. it's a une McDouble double. I find it amazing that you don't like the Five Guys burger because it's a it's a fresh made burger right on the spot. It's good. It's beefy. What's a, have you tried it more than the one time or was it just the one time you decided you didn't like it? No, I think I've, in my life I've had three Five Guys burgers. And you've not liked any that, of them. That's like 15 guys worth of burgers. <laughs> 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 I've not enjoyed. I've not enjoyed that one. All right. Okay. In okay. and out though. In the States, like take me – like get to the States. Now we've got a whole new ball game down there. The In-N-Out but, burger is fantastic. The In-N-Out burger is terrible. It is. Everybody loves them. Everybody goes crazy about them. But the burger itself is nothing to write home about. I've it's not actually, a great burger. I've literally written you a letter from an In-N-Out burger <laughs> telling you how good it is. There's a place in Texas called What What Burger or What a Burger, I think. Okay. Um, and it's that's a great hamburger. I was stunned how good that hamburger was. I had the Carl's Jr. hamburger the other day. Yeah, I'm not going to go back. You know what I like about the Carl's Jr. is um, we don't have the the uh, Red Robin here anymore. And they used to make a great teriyaki burger, right? right? A little pineapple, a little teriyaki on there. 
and Carl's uh, Jr. makes a, a similar burger to that. So I can get my Red Robin fix there now. Yeah, good call. I I, yeah. I thought you were going to say uh, the, the advertising. <laughs> no, I like what Carl's Jr. the advertising. <laughs> those commercials. Yeah, <laughs> they really make me want red meat. Um, the uh, Remember Fuddruckers? Uh, yes, that was, yes. That was a fun place to get a hamburger and then just drench it in that cheese liquid that you can now about, only get at 7-Eleven for the nachos. What about Willie's? Do you remember Willie's? That was a good burger. And their fries. That was a good burger. Their, their french fries were like boat oars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the steak fry. Nobody does the steak fry anymore. Right. <laughs> All right, so we should move through I this gotta, list gotta, or we'll be able I gotta to share this stuff. with you. But Aaron, she's a tech blogger, right? So she got this kitchen gadget and it's like a, like this air fryer thing. So she made chicken wings in it tonight. And dude, they were like phenomenal chicken wings. Mm. Um, but like obviously it's something you're going to make French fries in, right? So you, you cut your potato into strings or whatever and then put it in and then you turn it on and boom, French fries. So in the troubleshooting guide in the, in the, the, the manual, right? There's troubleshooting and it says, problem, my French fries did not meet my expectations. Um, potential solution. You used the wrong potato. <laughs> I just started. I was like, come on, that's that's not helpful. Potential solution, lower your expectations. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so Laura said uh, spicy chicken pho. She likes the pho with the extra hoisin and sriracha. And I asked her where, though, because she, she didn't say where. And she said she likes a place called Basil on 32nd F. Hmm. They add a hint of coconut milk, and it's heaven. And you replied. Yeah, Bolsa on McLeod is above, uh, is above the rim when it comes to their pho. Their pho. They're playing at like the, the Jordan, Wilt Chamberlain, Kobe Bryant level. Um, and I'm going to say, so Bolsa, a couple things. Can I, can I, will you indulge me in a story here? I will, of course. Okay, so Bolsa, this is a place where the New Year's Day killings happened, right? And uh, that it's like kind of near our house. So when they reopened, we made a point of going there because they're going to need some support and uh, we want to make sure the dining room's not empty. So we get there and it was like and, packed. And the odds of getting killed there are pretty low. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> because it's already happened once. So you're clear. You're good. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> But we were delighted to find out that it's like the most caring and giving Vietnamese couple that are making the food there. And it's phenomenal. It's like <laughs> seriously crazy how good the food is. So I think if you haven't been to Bolsa, um, you owe it to yourself to try uh, to try going there. And my and here's what I will say to you, Laura. When you put coconut milk in it, it's no longer pho. <laughs> it becomes something else at that point. I don't know what that is. Coca fu. Um but try it with the satay, right? Where they put the the I don't know what the the satay spice was that chilies and stuff like that in there. It really kick the heat up in that soup a little bit, and it's phenomenal. But I I, I stand by it, man. I've I've probably eaten more meals at that restaurant than any other one in the city. I got a place that I go to for lunch. It's in the plus fifteen, uh, right above the chickpea, and I can't remember the name of the place. Asian Gardens, maybe. It's one of these places they make everything in the planet. Nice. Like you can't ask them for something they don't have. Uh, and I get uh, just the chicken noodle soup, the satay. It's nice and spicy. Ooh. Ooh. So good. I guess everybody's got their place. <laughs> I like – I went a little little Richard there for you. Sorry. Ooh. <laughs> um, is it – I'm going to adhere to my policy by the way of like when you – okay. So 
was ordering poutine one time. Here, this I'll just tell. I'll, I'll illustrate my point with the story. Pardon me for for grinding the gears here. Um, I ordered poutine, and then the the server asked me, "Do do I want like beef on that, or bacon, or whatever?" Right? And I th- I said my response was, "That wouldn't be poutine. That sounds lovely, <laughs> but it's not what I'm ordering." <laughs> Some sort of gumbo or uh, or jambalaya at that point, is it not? I don't really know what it is, but it's, it's not what I'm ordering. And then, so it sparked a conversation to which I replied. I said, okay, well, uh, do you like horses? And she says, yes. And I said, what about with horns on them? <laughs> okay, so it changes whatever it is. That's all I'm saying. It's only the point I'm making. If somebody says, I want a poutine, I don't think you should complicate that. Just yeah, I'm going to bring this guy the three-ingredient dish he's requested and everything's going to be fine. No one's going to be going, she didn't offer me bacon. There was no, there's no lettuce. How does she know I didn't want her to like dump a, a can of jalapenos and then some chocolate syrup on top of that? She never asked. <laughs> Where do the questions end? Um, you know, I had a poutine with uh, coconut pineapple and <laughs> you're a jerk <laughs> sorry uh, uh brian our buddy brian you know brian i know brian we love brian uh he recommended uh char cuts poutine with the truffle gravy and cheese curds best ever great flavors he says yeah they make it in duck fat you believe that they fry uh, the potatoes in duck fat. yummy that's that is a wildly delicious thing i'm surprised the guy who sells hot tubs for a living didn't ha- have like some sort of a sous vide dish like he, he spends most of his time soup eating himself i think he's probably not hungry i never get hungry after the hot i'm always thirsty but never hungry right uh okay uh christina says the cheese pita at little lebanon salad rolls from lemongrass vietnamese and dumplings from the south silk road that's a lot of running around for one meal <laughs> um yeah i don't know i want to try the i think the dumplings there, there should be like a – that's an underrated food that doesn't have its own festival. Do you know what I mean? I love dumplings. I hardly ever have them, but I love dumplings. And I think there should be a combination dumpling um, – like, you know, dumpling eating festival and then like a dumpling fight, right? <laughs> like where, yeah. do they, where do they throw the tomatoes at each other? Is, is that Pempl- – no, Pamplona is the running of the bulls. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I know what you're talking about. I can't think of the I name. Think it's like it starts pol- with an S, I think. Uh, I say. Uh, Scarborough? Scarborough, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Is that what you're thinking S- of? Uh, Surrey, maybe. <laughs> uh, hang on, I'm going to Google this. But like, yeah, you're going to look it up now. I know you are. I, I, wait, I, wait, I, wait. What if we have the Dumpling Festival and we serve cold beer in really small glasses? <laughs> we could get our buddies. We could get our buddy Jim from Village. We could get Baron. He could bring the base bus. This could be a thing, man. <laughs> This is a great idea. <laughs> Dumpling so, fest. And what what do you wear though? Like how do you okay, uh Toma Tomatina is the name of the festival and it happens in Bunyol. Oh, Bunyol. So wrong. So wrong, Roger. I think that like that's a that, that's like a form of torture is like showing footage of that to like children in famine. <laughs> You know, famine-stricken uh, uh, areas. That and the, or like, you know, show them advertisements for like a buffet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you take what you want and just dump the rest out when you don't want it anymore. Yeah, <laughs> leave half it on your plate and then go back for more. It's fine. <laughs> no, by the end of the, what happens to the food at the end of the night? No, we just toss it out. Check it out. We're not going to. We could serve it tomorrow. Our diners literally would not care, but we don't. 
And if anybody goes in the garbage to get it, we uh, we find them and, uh, and and give them trouble because they can't take the food that even if it's garbage, we don't care. Do you take people seriously when they recommend you go to a buffet? <laughs> Are there any buffets left other than than Asian buffets now? Oh, dude, drive not in this town, but drive through the states, right? Where it's like you know the when oh, you, yeah, see the, yeah, yeah. you see the highway sign that's got like McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy, like it's got all the restaurants that you can pull over and, and get to if you want to stop at this exit. One of them is always a buffet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all right, and that's we like the that nicest in, uh, place Florida, in Florida. Yeah. yeah, we stopped. At, I think it was the Golden Corral or something like that. There you go. And they serve everything in the world, and most of it's pretty not good. <laughs> what? I wonder how the kitchen jobs are divvied up there. Or like how you get to like a – how you navigate to like a Michelin-starred restaurant with, with a pit stop at a Golden Corral on your resume. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm going to keep busting through this list because this could take all night. Uh, Eric says, a medium beef doner from Jimmy's A&A Deli. Don't know it, but that one came up again later in the list. So apparently it's popular. That's supposed to be like the top doner place. Like the, the I, Let me check Yelp here because I think that's got the highest like Yelp reviews for donairs in Calgary. Is that the one on the plus 15 kind of near – No, no. Uh, Yelp, Yelp is a website on the internet, Dave. <laughs> no, I meant the A&A Deli. I don't know. I don't know where it is. The best 10 donaires in Calgary on Yelp. Uh, yeah, Jimmy's A&A Deli is like the first one that shows up. Jer- where is that? Jerusalem Shawarma is on here. Uh, Jimmy's A&A is uh, 1401 20th Avenue Northwest. So just I think a couple steps from that spot you just mentioned. 20th Avenue and 14th Street. Northwest. So well, I drive by there all the time. I don't know where this place is. We're up near Sate, aren't we? Yeah, I yeah. just passed Sate, kind of near Bricks for Kids, the Lego place. Oh, beautiful. I'm going to have to find this place, apparently. <clears throat> Blowers and Grafton, um, by the way. The, the aforementioned Blowers and Grafton is uh, number four on this list. Nice. See, I told you these are men of refined taste. Uh, Stacy says the chocolate princess cupcake, I believe the chocolate princess is the name of the place, or confetti cookie icing sandwich at Crave are my go-to celebration co- uh, treats. Confetti cookie icing sandwich at Crave. The- it's just sugar with carbs sounds like, which is what you want in a dessert, really. Yeah, and I kind of like the fact that um, I didn't, I didn't like the trend of desserts, like guilt-free desserts, you know? Oh, it's a flourless chocolate cake. Like, no, put flour in my chocolate cake. I'm not eating chocolate cake because, oh, wait, I'm going to tread into the gluten intolerance thing here. The the lactate problem I got into last time. I'm going (laughs) to back it out right now. You know, uh, we've talked a lot about Asian food tonight, and uh, I like the Asian food quite a bit. But God damn, do they not know how to do dessert? Like, it's not good. It's a different palate because I've never had a decent dessert in any like Chinese slash Asian restaurant I have ever been to ever. You know, I I, I like the uh, the banana when you get that fried banana, right? Okay. I think that's okay. But everything else is made out of a bean of some sort. And you're just like, hey, you guys, come on! You've got fruit in your country. Like yeah. you've actually got fruit earlier on the menu in some cases. Like, let's, like that pineapple that you serve with the chicken. Come on, let's blend that, freeze it a bit. We'll make a little granita, a little sorbet. Come on, show me some effort here. Do you think it's the lactose thing? Because I know that there's a like a larger number of Asian people tend to be lactose intolerant. So maybe there's something to that. 
And they're just faking it to fit in. That's a <laughs> lot of peer pressure to, to, you know, your friends are say they're lactose intolerant. You want to feel the same way. Yeah. Do you guys want to go for ice cream? No. Good call, Dave. Good call. Oh, I'm lactose intolerant, but I will go for ice cream every <laughs> goddamn time. <laughs> oh, sorry, Roger's father. Yeah, that was right, a bad right. one. Uh, my buddy Haley. Haley says beef or lamb donair from Jimmy's once again. Mm-hmm. The A bomb dog from Tubby Dog. I've never been to Tubby Dog. Um, motoyaki and sushi pizza from Samurai Ramen and Sushi. And now I'm starving, she says. Yeah, right. Um, ramen is kind of like my my last latest obsession, but I find I can't eat a whole bowl of it. And that, that irritates me. <laughs> so uh, ramen, noodles, and beef of some kind and some veggies yeah in a soupish kind of thing yeah like i'm honestly i'm i'm a uh, i've got my learner's permit i don't have my driver's license with uh, two c's by the way um in the in the ramen department yet um because i go to i first of all like you need help with the menu right kind of sit down there and you're like i'll have this one i've never heard of what's this one that's made with broth made out of a pig's head oh maybe i'll try a different one then but the pig's head broth is actually really good. But like, like, do you know what I mean? So there's a lot of questions and then you kind of get a tour guide, a Sherpa to help you through it. You figure it all out. But then it's unlike the Chinese food restaurant where it's the same everywhere. Every, I think that every restaurant's kind of got their own take. Like I said, I don't know. I'm still learning this, but I can't quite get my, my head around the ramen thing yet, though I've enjoyed it every time I've had it. We, uh, I, I find I'm really pretty picky about noodles. I tend to like the thinner noodles. I don't like the big, like the yakisoba noodle or the big thick noodle. So I don't know if I could get a thin noodle with my ramen, I'd be okay with that. Like the vermicelli is good and a little bigger than that's okay too, you know? Right. Yeah. I like the, uh, although, yeah. All right. I think I'm a thick noodle guy. That's what I've heard. Yeah, let's just let that breathe for a bit. Sorry, Dad. Um, no, I, I like the uh, the Shang. Is that the Shanghai noodle? Could be the Shanghai noodle. The udon noodle. Mm-hmm. I like to have a little chew, you know, a little chomp of the noodle. Yeah. And Alex says uh, butter chicken after the bar is closed from Great Canadian Pizza Company on Fourth and Fourth Southwest. <laughs> I just love the fact that Great Canadian Pizza Company had some r- rogue employee one day. <laughs> You know what we could do, guys? <laughs> we got this chicken right here. Hide that. Boss is coming. Don't let him see you not making pizza. <laughs> no, no, no. My mom used to make this. <laughs> and he's like some proud Italian. He's like grew up next to these this uh, uh, this uh, Hindi family. And he's like <laughs> – and it just brought back all the memories. <laughs> and then he's like, no, eat the butter chicken. And then he ate it and then they, sh- they filmed it and it was like a commercial for Heineken beer about how we should all try to understand each other <laughs> or something like that. I guess in a way I understand the butter chicken after you've been drinking. But on another way, I really don't understand the butter chicken after you've been drinking. <laughs> you're sort of tempting fate there, aren't you? Yeah, I suppose you are. I guess though the butter chicken, that sauce – don't you look for um, something that's going to just like coat the coat your stomach and just keep everything down, keep everything in there? I just think that I get that acid from the tomatoes when I've had too much red wine, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm just going to go do myself here. I'm just going to go. <laughs> I'm going to just open the gates myself. <laughs> 
Um, oh, I had one more that I wanted to add to the list. Actually, two more that I wanted to add to the list of my own. Uh, one is the uh, the smoked meat sandwich at Myers Deli. Is that the one beside Galaxy Diner? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've been there with my buddy Rob quite a few times when he used to live over there. Uh, fantastic. I like uh, it's one thing of my Montreal heritage that I apparently uh, hold on to is the smoked meat sandwich. I don't know. You had Montreal heritage. Well, I was born there. Uh, I lived there till I was six, and then uh, my father decided to move the family. So uh, off we go, and now we live in Alberta. Huh. Um, he, he, he and he wouldn't. He he dragged you kicking and screaming out of the Schwartz's Deli, did he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably never had it while I was there. I'm sure. <laughs> right. It was interesting. So what I know of the story is that uh, my dad was working, I believe, at the uh, Five Roses uh, flour mill and uh, had hit the point where he couldn't get promoted anymore. Uh, his belief was uh, because his last name was Ware and even though he was bilingual, he was still an Anglo guy. And so, of course, he wouldn't move any further up the chain. Don't know if that's true or not, but that's that's what I'm led to believe. So he decided to uh, go for an interview. They were looking for a sales guy, one of the companies that dealt with these guys, a place called Carter Day, which was a grain cleaning and separating equipment. And they had an office in Winnipeg. So this being the olden days, he jumped in the car and drove to Winnipeg for a job interview. Right. I love that story. Okay, go on. Sorry. Um, by the time he gets to Winnipeg, the job has been filled. No way. So they say, oh, but we have an opening in the Calgary office now. And the rest is history. So we moved to Calgary. So I bet you that happened a lot. Oh, hi there, Mr. Ware. Great to see you today. Oh, thank you, Mr. Jurgens. Well, Mr. Ware, I'm sorry you've come all this way. The job has been... <laughs> it's like you didn't hop a bus across town and wreck his morning. <laughs> My dad's got a story like that too, where he was like, I, I don't know where where he was or what he was doing, but he saw a want ad for uh, like a radio, some radio job in like Halifax or or some small town in Nova Scotia, and he called the number. And the guy was like, "Have you got a newspaper in front of you, son?" Yeah. Okay. Go ahead and read some of that to me. So my dad just sort of picks up the newspaper. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Da, 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 da. All right, you're hired. Get, can you be here Thursday? <laughs> It's like that's wait a minute. We should do a background check. You ever killed anybody? <laughs> no. Okay, you're hired. What's your name, Bart? No, we're gonna change that. <laughs> I don't like it. Now you're gonna be called Morty. We'll think of something while you're on the road. Get down here, kid. Five dollars a week. <laughs> I'll give you an extra ten cents a month if you work overtime. Um, oh, hey, I wanted to follow up on a last week's show. We had some comments after the show, which we love. By the way, love comments. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. Mostly tell us what you like. I'm just kidding. No, we like both. Um, and uh, so Stacy said that we're talking about the uh, the, the lactose-free milk, right? Mm-hmm. And you, were at, you had some bizarre concept about how people who can't tolerate lactose are cheating if they drink milk in any way, shape, or form. Is that – or if they, if they drink the lactose – the lactate milk. Yeah, all I was saying was, like, if you can't drink milk, then find something out. Leave the milk to the milk people. Find your own drink. Okay, so, and I told you you're an idiot. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty much how that went. So Stacy says she makes homemade lactose-free ice cream, Roger. 
She says soy, almond, coconut milk, and other plant water makes terrible ice cream, and I've made my choice, and I'll share, she says. So I asked her if she'd tried the lactose-free milk for making ice cream, which I think is what literally she just said, and I was being dumb. She said, yeah, and the whipped cream. I have to treat the base with drops, too, because you can't get skim milk powder that's lactose-free. So we need to get to the bottom of this and find out how to get us some of this lactose-free ice cream. All right. Stacy. I know Stacy happens to be a woman of refined taste, so <laughs> I will take her word uh, for it. But I stand by the the bacon and the uh, the vegetarians who have a product called bacon, vegetarian bacon. Okay. I was correct about that. I stand I stand by my position on that one. I will take I will die on that sword. See, I, I think it's it's a completely different situation. Because the, the vegetarians are not eating the bacon because of of a moral stance that they have. It's not that when they eat the bacon they start crapping their pants or farting like crazy. Well, you don't know that. That's a, that's a <laughs> It's an assumption, right? And if that was the case, it'd be a lot easier to tell people you're vegetarian. <laughs> I just hope they don't see you eating other meats, right? Because if you have like a sudden bowel, you know, response to eating bacon, you don't want to say, you don't want to go out for like, can I just get a, uh, you know what? I'll just have the uh, the sunny the sunriser breakfast, please. Bacon, sausage, or ham? Oh, not bacon. It gives me the shits. Something powerful. You never want to be in that spot. Oh, well, that's at least two now, Roger. I don't know if we had another one earlier, but um, th- so. But I stand by the vegetarian bacon thing and the lesbians who get the the penis shaped toys. <laughs> I'm right about. I'm right. I stand by those two. So now, uh, now I don't want to get off on a rant here, Roger. But are you sure that they're penis shaped? You're sure that they're just not an inverse vagina shape? <laughs> How would one know? Um, the I, I tweet. I triggered myself there, Dave. Do I think there should be a ban on naming your breakfast dish that has two eggs, bacon, hash browns, and toast, anything but bacon and eggs? Well, there's a toast. No, there's see, a hash browns. It, you're, that's what you're getting. It, it's universally understood that you can go in, go into a diner, sell bacon and eggs, and they're never going to go. Oh, what? I've, I'm sorry. I have to look at the menu here. Oh, you want the 17th Avenue? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's bacon and eggs. <laughs> Hi, here's a, I'd like two eggs over easy, uh, bacon, brown toast, and shredded hash browns, please. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I, we don't. Have, uh, oh, although you've described something very similar to the good start. <laughs> What now? What is it with breakfast places? If we could talk about diners for a minute, like any other type of food, like if you go and you order, you go into the diner to order dinner. Give me an example of something you'd order for dinner at a diner. At a diner type place, yeah. like a hot roast yeah. beef sandwich. Okay, great. You order the hot roast beef sandwich. Okay, what does it come with? Fries or a salad. Fries usually. Fries or a salad, right? right. There's no side plates with that, but you order breakfast. At a diner or an IHOP. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I want the two eggs and bacon and I'll have the pancakes on the side and I'll have the toast on the side and I'll have another plate of hash browns. Like everything. Like they have to give you 14 plates to get to take care of breakfast. I don't understand breakfast. Yeah, I think that that particularly in for breakfast, um, you should it should be understood to, from the diner's perspective. We're not going to carry a lot of stuff to your table today and you're going to be gone in 30 minutes. 
<laughs> like our livelihood is dependent on you eating the food that comes when it comes and then getting the hell out of here. That's right. And it's like when I'm in the when I'm in the diner place where they uh, uh, bring the bill with the, the the meal, I'm like this. I'm in heaven. This is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank yeah, you for yeah, not making. Yeah, yeah, thank you for not making me flag you down while you're trying to you know find a, a pot of decaf for that one lady. <laughs> this is perfect. Thank you. My uh, my eldest son, uh, for whatever reason, has a love affair with IHOP. I don't know what it is about the it's and not just any diner, but it's got to be IHOP. Um, I think because when we go on vacation, often that's where we'll end up for breakfast, and he just loves it. So the, I think there's only one in Calgary that I know of, and it's way on the other side of town. <laughs> yeah. Way like it's in Shaughnessy. Yeah. And you can't – I'm in Hidden Valley. You really can't get a lot further away than that and still stay in the city limits. So we will every once in a while you know, trek down there and have a breakfast. Uh, and the way that I like to amuse myself at the IHOP, if you're familiar with it, they have uh, four different types of syrup on the table. Right. And they're all color-coded. There's a blueberry. There's a strawberry. There's a regular maple and there's a, I think a butter pecan butter, or something yeah. like that. And they've all got their own little colors to them. And uh, so what I like to do to amuse myself is I like to set up scenes from famous movies with the syrups and take pictures of them. <laughs> like you could do the death scene from The Godfather, for instance, with the syrups. Uh, this <laughs> has to happen now. So you now have to take him to, to IHOP on the weekend so you can do this. <laughs> oh, I will do that. I will do that for you for sure. Um, and you got post on a Facebook page. I can't. I, I, I can't that. blame the boy for like an. First of all, your son is a man of refined taste, <laughs> and so he likes the. Not just any house of pancakes will do. It must be the international. <laughs> doesn't know and what kind of pancake he's going to want today. And now it actually is international because there is one in Calgary. So, Dennis Miller has that joke about that. Oh, the international house of pancakes or some syrup sommelier is going to come give you a hand. <laughs> Are you having the buckwheat pancakes today, sir? I might recommend the... Uh... <laughs> Too good. Oh, I'm getting distracted here. Sorry. Look, my, it looks uh, like you're doing a Rubik's young, Cube. What are you doing? My younger son took my four-sided Rubik's Cube and messed it up. So uh, You got to get the algorithm working for you now. Yeah. The four is exactly the same as the three-sided except the two middle rows are treated as one and there's a couple more steps because sometimes you can have transposed pieces. <laughs> I'm gonna need some. Okay, your challenge, your Facebook challenge, is to break <laughs> that down. <laughs> That's a cool niche, though, man. I like the fact that Rubik's cube has it's like a league, right? Yeah, there's a, yeah. And every time you see the thing pop up in your Twitter feed or whatever that like eight year old solves Rubik's cube in four seconds, and you think you're, you're like, okay, I I get that story entirely. Like I don't even yeah. have to click that to know exactly what happened. That's amazing. I bet he wasn't white. <laughs> <laughs> um, I learned how to do the Rubik's Cube. Uh, so you're going to love this story, Roger. So uh, many, many years ago when I was a younger man, I decided that I, the fellow who lives in Hidden Valley, as aforementioned, was going to walk to my friend Keith's house. <laughs> Keith lives in Shaughnessy or did at the time. And uh, he wasn't home, so I decided to walk to uh, – with the horse place. Yeah, Spruce Meadows. Spruce Meadows. So uh, one morning I got up fairly early and I left my house and I walked from my house all the way down to Spruce Meadows, mostly using 14th Street. Uh, during that time, I believe you were on the air, so you, uh, you had me on the air. You uh, did a little progress check on me. That's right. 
Uh, there was some. There was a news camera that caught up with me as I was passing chicken on the way. That's right. Uh, and then later, because it took so long, by the time I got to your neighborhood, <laughs> you were already home, and so I stopped and had lunch at your house. So, uh, and if then of if course, if I recall correctly, that lunch nearly killed you. <laughs> That's true, because <laughs> yeah. I stopped for an hour and then everything cramped up. Right. Uh, and then you walked with me down to Fish Creek, and then left me there, and then uh, you met me again at the finish line. Um, and so the next day after the cramping continued, I could barely <laughs> walk for the next couple days, right? right? It wasn't the smartest thing to do, but it was kind of awesome at the same way. Um, so I couldn't do much for the next couple days. So I, uh, I happened to have a Rubik's cube and I, uh, I looked up on the web, how do I solve this thing? And I started learning the algorithms. And then shortly after that, I think we ended up going to, uh, Australia and it's a very long flight and you're sitting around waiting for planes for a long time. And so, uh, it became a very handy thing to do while you're waiting for a plane is to, uh, is to do some Rubik's cube and do, do people, so do people watch you when you're doing the Rubik's cube? Do they kind of treat you like you're the, you're, you're, you're Dustin Hoffman counting cards or something like that? <laughs> Sometimes. I mean, I'm not, I'm not one of these guys who looks at it and then 25 seconds later, it's done. I can finish it just under two minutes kind of thing. So it's mildly impressive, but it's not like, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> that guy's amazing. That guy's amazing. It, that you, guy's okay. I think you walked about 40 kilometers that day. It was a lot of walking. Um, I got a buddy who works for the uh, Calgary Expo. Yep. He's one of their managers, right? He does handles a lot of the, the logistics of the place. And so he put a Facebook post up about how far he had walked over the four days or five days of Expo. It worked out to about 115, 120 kilometers. Wow. And I was like, you you walked to Banff, guy. Like, it took you four days, but you walked to Banff. But That's you crazy. You're so Props to Shane Henkelman. Big props. Nice. Um, I, I want to – oh, by the way, I want to commend people for getting a, on the Facebook page the super guppy, the, air, the picture of the airplane. Oh, yeah, yeah. Was I was just going to say that's the one thing we haven't covered yet is that you put a picture of the giant plane and said, what should we call this plane? And <laughs> – what else should we talk about? So uh, do you want to go through those? Well, you know, I just put it up because I was cruising through my phone and I thought it was neat. Um, this this airplane, it used to be used by NASA to fly um, rocket parts between Houston and, and I guess Cape Canaveral. Um, but it's just sort of – it's just an interesting picture. Like it's not – there's really not a lot to it. But I, I put it up there to say – to and basically said, hey, can you name this plane? And I didn't realize when I wrote name this plane. Like I was saying – I was using it as like a trivia question. What is this plane? Right? But Jordan, oh, I see. Jordan got it like right <laughs> off the bat. He pipes in airplane McPlane face <laughs> aircraft McPlane face. And it's just like, oh, that's actually way better than what I had. Um, oh, well, what is it called? It's called the Super Guppy. So oh, okay. The whole front of it opens up like a like a fridge, and oh. then you put a gigantic rocket tube, like part of a rocket inside it, and then you close it, and then two of the bravest men on earth fly that thing <laughs> a couple of hours. I just, I mean, listen, I get that the thrust and physics are going to keep that thing in the sky, but holy hell, like you take one look at that and you think, no, this is not happening. So uh, both David and Laura actually guessed. Yeah, that's right. David, David guessed Super Guppy and Laura guessed shitty old NASA Guppy cargo plane. <laughs> uh, yeah, David even picked the right airfield too. That is the one at Pima, um, which is a, incredible. If you're an airplane nerd, like I'm a bit of an airplane nerd. Um that's that does like it's in, it's in Tucson, the old Pima Air Air and Space Museum. They've got like I think they've got a B seventeen, a B twenty, 
they've got like all the Boeing uh, bombers and like the Super Fortress and Strata Fortress. It was a really cool, cool trip. So if you ever happen to be in Tucson, like that's a must do. And then you can also stop on the way down. There's a commercial airplane uh, boneyard. It's like a storage area um, where you'll just see like if you're driving down the highway, you'll just see all of these different tails of passenger jets that are just parked there waiting for someone to buy them or park them out. It's pretty cool. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it's neat because like there's no rain, right? It's not going to rust down there. So, um, Eric wanted to know about Sidney Crosby. His his topic for tonight was should should Sidney Crosby hang up the skates? I love the guy; he's a great hockey player, but gazillions of dollars mean nothing after all those concussions if your brain doesn't work. Yeah, so what's your thought? Okay, on that? so this is this happens a lot, right? Um, because we put yourself in Sydney's position, and you think that the only reason he plays hockey is to earn the money that you wish you could spend. Uh, and I'm not, you know, trying to be critical of Eric here, but I, I try never to think about like the 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 reward that somebody gets for playing the sport or or uh, uh, what their motivation is, right? So whenever you see somebody who is, you know, like what's his name, uh, Ryan Seacrest, just signed the seventy three million dollar uh, three year contract to do the morning shows for iHeartRadio, so you know, it's basically like. But he's got no slap shot at all. <laughs> but I don't know why that guy does radio for the money, for the love of it. Like Howard Stern is the same place, right? So, um, so I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, you're going to tell Sidney Crosby, who's on the cusp of possibly winning another Stanley Cup, that like, hey, it's not worth it. Your health is worth more. And Sidney could very rightfully look you in the eye and go, no, not really. Uh, all my life, all I ever wanted to do was win Stanley Cup. So the day I retire, the entire reason that I lived will come to an end and then I will have to figure out what to do with the rest of my life. Like I look yeah. at, you know, so, and so I think that's the trade off. Right. And I look at Muhammad Ali in his later years and it's like, you see this man who's just a shell of himself. He's not there. He's just, he's tremor. He's got wicked tremors and horrible, um, effects of, of a lifetime in the ring. And it's like, it's just not worth it. Damn straight. It's worth it. He was the heavyweight champion of the world. This man died and people call him the greatest, like that's well, pretty and, good, <laughs> and not just the heavyweight champion of the world, but the heavyweight champion of the world of all the heavyweight champions. Right. So he's the guy, right? You're nobody's going to be bigger than him, I don't think. Yeah. The boxing's boxing's kind of past its prime now, I think. So. Oh, but you're done. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I like a good fight, but it's not what it used to be. It's not as easy to follow as it once was, and half the heavyweight bouts now are sort of contrived little setup, little things, and I don't know. Yeah, I don't love it the way I used to, I guess. I think you have a very valid complaint. And I think the fact that the heavyweight division has to be exciting for it to catch the attention of the rest of the world. But there are some great fighters and we're going to get a great fight this September between Canelo Alvarez and uh, Gennady Golovkin um, in the, uh, I guess, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know know what weight class they're going to fight at yet, but um, that's going to be a great fight. So uh, I'll, I'll enjoy your company for that one if you like. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But just you know, to go back to Eric's point, right? Like I, the whole thing with concussions and whatnot. I think that the science, the the more we understand the science, we're going to learn that concussions just aren't preventable. Your brain is gelatin, and it's going to get smashed around in your skull, and you can't stop that. You can't put a seat, seat belt on your brain. So, and no one has the monopoly on that information. So, if people want to risk their lives chasing that, you know, their their hockey or football dreams. I believe in a world where grown men, grown men can get into head smashing contests with each other. And so should Sidney Crosby hang up his skates? Not if he doesn't want to. I, I think I'm with you on that one. Uh, some lady named Erin 
wanted to know about, uh, she said she'd heard an interesting yarn about people faking gluten intolerances and other food problems to fit in. Do you know this Erin person? No, but she seems like a woman of refined taste. <laughs> Very refined taste. Um, that I think that there was a lot of people in the whole gluten thing who didn't have a gluten intolerance, but maybe didn't take care of themselves really well and wanted to find something to pin it on. Do you know what I mean? It'd be interesting to ask those people if they know what gluten is exactly. <laughs> I'm just every, I mean, every time I eat bread, I'm sick. I mean, I know uh, one of my one of my best friends in the world has some pretty serious gluten issues, and so I would never, you know, never say that he's faking or or, or otherwise. But uh, he has mentioned to me on more than one occasion that he's annoyed by the fact that it's become such a big thing, because now he feels that every time he has to explain it to someone that you know that maybe you know they think that he's making it up. So it's it's I think it's not a good thing. Right. I yeah. I I. Yeah, so it's it's basically like if you are, uh, oh, I don't know, I don't want to say anything too insensitive or, or or come up with a crappy analogy, but yeah, if you've got like a legitimate medical condition whereby you cannot eat, you know, chocolate, for example, and you're with someone who's like, oh, I can't eat chocolate either, straight to my hips. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I'm telling you is it comes straight out of my hips, <laughs> like bacon. Um, so the last bit of uh, the last bit of housekeeping that we have mm-hmm. is uh, did you get that? Oh yeah, I got that. Yeah. yeah. Um, is Charles wanted to know if you're a Costco jerk? Do you buy items at Costco with the intention of using them and returning them? I've heard of someone returning a ten year old mattress and Costco took it back. I don't get co- like Costco's amazing because they sell tickets to shop there. You have to pay money to shop. Yeah, it's brilliant. So well, it's, it's 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 genius, and they don't care about their profit margins because, like on January first, they've got a, probably a few billion dollars in memberships that people paid for. Right? Like it's it's crazy to me. It's it's amazing. Um. So yeah, I don't know. Like they're gonna somebody goes in there with a mattress. It's like oh, fine, just leave, <laughs> or just go in there and buy another bed or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I don't return stuff to Costco that much. I don't think. I want to try returning things to Costco that like you, there's no chance you could have purchased there. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, like a piece of like a an ottoman you bought at a Turkish bazaar, <laughs> right? and just roll that in. I got this here some time ago. Yes, sir. This is a bespoke ottoman. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you bought this yet. No, I did. No, sir, the name of the market and the date of its manufacture. Uh, I put that there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we do that. It's something we do at my house. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just wanted to make yeah. it look like I'd been – I've never been to Turkey. Uh, take that. <laughs> <laughs> I like Costco. Um, you, you can eat like a champion for four and a half dollars if you so desire. Yeah. Yeah, what, what's better, the Costco concession or the IKEA concession? Oh well, no, it's Costco because IKEA concession has weird food and a huge lineup all the time. The Costco also has a huge lineup, but it moves fast and nobody messes around. 
Right. Uh, yeah, no, that's a good question because now I'm thinking maybe, yeah, I don't know. There's no lingonberry at the Costco. That's one minus. The thing, so, the thing I don't like about the Ikea um, is, the, is that like everything just sort of tastes a little bit uh, a little bit off, like the um, like the cinnamon bun, for example, right? Like you go ahead and you have the cinnamon bun, and it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, like you I know mean, what I mean. Yeah, we like we do the Costco or the uh, IKEA thing once in a while. Um, like we'll take the family down there, we'll have a lunch or something like that, and uh, um. But we don't eat there a ton. Like some, we will do the Dairy Queen beforehand. I know my kids are picky eaters, so they don't really like much at the uh, at the IKEA. But uh, but I like eating there. But a for, once in a while, for some reason, the kids like going to IKEA, which is frustrating to me. I'm, like, I'm trying to get. It's not my fault. I got to walk through their fun area, both of them, <laughs> to get to the office chairs. But can you just do a favor when you hear the buffalo a coming, <laughs> clear the way. <laughs> You almost need like traffic signals and like, you know, where you can move based on your age and your gender. <laughs> it's like when the blue light is on, adult men can walk. <laughs> this is the fast lane, yeah. That's right. Yeah, my youngest son loves it because they have the rooms, right? Yeah. Like here's a whole room that's decorated and everything, and then he can go and hang out in that room and pretend it's his house or something. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but he loves going there. I feel like I could live quite comfortably in an IKEA, like one of the spaces that they build. Well, this is uh, like the the Walking Dead stuff, the zombie shows. Why does no one ever go to go to a Costco? Wouldn't a Costco be the perfect place to hang out during a zombie apocalypse? You just crank those doors down so nobody can get in. You got food for years in there. And even if the zombies do come in, that person who checks memberships, they're not getting by that guy. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Like, like that guy's holding them off, right? I love it. And zombies would avoid Costco anyway. Oh, it's terrible in there. It's so crowded. <laughs> Costco was featured uh, prominently in uh, Idiocracy. Right. There's another – and it was in um, – oh, I wanted to say Stranger – no, uh, OA. The OA, I think they met at a Costco once or twice too. Oh, OK. OK. In and then also uh, – what was the name of that movie? It was a Ben Stiller flick. Uh, Vince Vaughn was in it and it was about this neighborhood watch. Maybe it was called The Watch. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and, I don't know. Uh, no, it was it was one of those movies that looked super terrible, but it was actually pretty decent. I'm going to look up the name of it. Uh, but uh, yeah, the neighborhood watch is uh, trying to figure out what's going on in their neighborhood, and it turns out ch- no, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Just watch it. <laughs> watch Just it. Watch. watch it. Watch. I believe it's called the watch. I think it was on Netflix. Who knows? Yeah, it's called the watch. We're having a triple feature this evening. We're showing the watch, followed by the Watchman and Watcher in the Woods, <laughs> the scariest movie ever. When you were twelve. <laughs> Uh, it's got uh, it's got Jonah Hill and uh, the dude from I don't know if you're a fan of the the IT what's it called the IT group the IT oh, I think you're talking no. about that Pierce Brosnan movie which I was not a fan of uh, I just can't the IT crowd the IT I've just crowd. lost my ner- my nerd credentials uh, it's a it's a British show about a couple guys who work in an IT basement right. And uh, the one the one guy is pretty darn funny. Anyways, uh, we've talked way too much about this movie, uh, but it's definitely <laughs> worth a check if you're uh, got nothing else to do. I'm almost done, Sandy Wexler. By the way, oh, <laughs> still watching it. <laughs> well, I took a few days off. Right, you have to. Right. Yeah, you really have to. But I'm gonna get through that. I'm I'm gonna do. So I, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna watch. 
all of the Adam Sandler movies that are on Netflix. And I'm going to then write uh, an ebook about note changes that I've noticed in myself since watching all the Adam Sandler movies on Netflix. Oh, I like it. I Uh, I find that I'm a lot more irritable the moment after I choose to shut it off for a spell. Do you know know what I mean? Um, But I'm fascinated. You know why they did that? I I don't, I don't still don't get the Netflix model why they're paying people to make movies and stuff, but they just, they looked at their data and they saw that people like watching Adam Sandler movies. So they just said, Hey, let's get this guy to make six more movies. They uh, seem to know what they're doing. I've got a couple of TV recommendations for you, Roger. Okay, shoot. If you're interested, I've got two watch this recommendations and one give this a pass recommendation. Which would you like first? Go with the with the watchers. Okay, so the two shows and they're not they're not both Netflix. One is a Netflix show, and it's starting its second season. I think its second season actually dropped today. Uh, it's called Sensate. Oh, I, I saw that. Uh, I almost, I almost turned that on today. You, that's a recommendation from you. Yeah. Now it's a, you might want to watch the first couple episodes and just kind of see if it's your cup of tea or not. So this show was written by uh, uh, J. Michael Straczynski, the guy who wrote Babylon Five. So he's a man who knows sort of long form narrative storytelling. Uh, I think he's awesome. And uh, the the producer slash directors are the Wachowskis. Formerly the Wachowski brothers, <laughs> now just the Wachowskis. I like how you just stepped around the puddle. <laughs> the Wachowski sisters. So uh, the, the, okay. the premise of the show, just in a nutshell, is that uh, there were eight people who were born at exactly the same time. And there was more to it than that. There was some you know, science-y stuff going on. But the East eight people were born at exactly the same time and they live all over the world. So the, fil- the show is actually filmed all over the world. And they discover at some point they're, they're, they're activated and they discover that they all sort of share an awareness of each other. So every once in a while, one of them will sort of appear in the other one's brain or thoughts or be able to see what that other person is seeing. Okay. And then also, if needed, they can help that other person. So for instance, one of them is a safe cracker. And so if another character is in a situation where they need a safe cracked or a lock opened, he can then step in and sort of do that for him or her. Okay. Um, Wait wait a second. I know. He's okay. He's probably cracking safes in his own time too. Probably not just like um, has this rare ability. Anyway, go on. Uh, one of them's a driver. One of them's a police officer. One of them's a like a jujitsu master, basically, right? So they've they've all got their own little skills that can help out. But it's really cool because you see them, you know, conversing with each other, sort of in their heads. And so when they're doing that, they'll both appear in both locations. So to film that, they're in you know they're in Nigeria for part of it, and they're in Iceland for part of it. Right, and they basically take the actors to both of those places and and film that scene in both places. And it's, it's kind of crazy. It's not green screened at all. No, they actually fly around the world and wow. film this show in eight different cities around the world. That's what I love about Leonardo DiCaprio's Hollywood. You know, like they are really concerned about the environmental impact because, like these <laughs> these movie stars will come out and they will they will say all sorts of stuff about the oil sands, but never about Sense Eight. <laughs> So what you'll like about Sense8 or what you might not like about Sense8 is that it's also very uh, very aware of the gender spectrum 
So one of the characters is transgendered. Uh, and they're very open about sexuality and, you know, why these people are different and why they're okay and that kind of thing. Uh, there's, there's lots of sex going on. And so what, uh, occasionally when one of them's having sex, everyone's having sex. Oh, wow. That's funny. And, uh, you know, you see some dongers showing up in there. <laughs> they can't, uh, <laughs> they, they can't have sex with each other though. Cause they're in different p- parts of the world, right? Well, that's an interesting question, Roger. You might have to watch it and figure that okay. out yourself. See, but now, see, I want to know, like, because they, they do, do they all keep drawing on this? There's this one guy, like, on Wicked Casanova, and they all keep <laughs> drawing on him. Come on, that's yeah. good. <laughs> I, I think you need to watch, Roger. Okay. I think you're going you're gonna to find all the answers to your questions. And <laughs> now the you've safe, got a second season you can go to. Do they, like, I can't get her bra off, the safe cracker guy. Hey, I can help you with this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my second my second watch recommendation is a non Netflix show. It's on the AMC Network. It's going into its third. It's in its third season now. It's a little show called Better Call Saul. Stars Bob Odenkirk. I'm familiar. Uh, reprising a role he played in uh, Breaking Bad of uh, Saul Goodman. Saul Goodman. <laughs> uh, and uh, when it first started, we were all a little dubious. Like this is just sort of, you know, trying to play off that uh, Breaking Bad fame. But I will tell you, man, that uh, Vince Gilligan, he's amazing. He knows – the man knows how to shoot television. It's the most gorgeous show. Visual st- storytelling taken to another level. Fantastic. If you're not watching it, you should be watching it. OK. See, that's really that's really cool because um, I can forgive like a flimsy story or just a generally not terribly thrilling story if it's beautiful. Did you watch um, Mr. Robot? Uh, yes. I, I loved the first season. I've been watching the second season and wondering what happened to the show that I once loved. Yeah, that's but. the general consensus. I bailed out too. But did you, do you like the way it's shot? Oh yeah, with yeah, yeah whatever like short screened or whatever it's called, looking off the wrong side of the screen when they're talking to you, you like that. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I like, I like anything that that uh, takes a shot. You know. Yeah, fair enough. We talked about this before. Uh, a friend of mine had a, a little uh, one of those uh, motivational posters in her classroom, and uh, I'm going to have to find out what it says so that I get the quote exactly right. But uh, does it say sorry, hang keep- in there? And it has a picture of Garfield <laughs> hanging from a tree limb. It's this little kitty. Uh, no, it says, never let the fear of striking out keep you from playing the game. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good, right? You got to swing for the fences, man. You got to do it. You got to take a shot. Why not? I like that. Uh, I like that because of its obvious baseball uh, illusion. What's the non-recommendo? The non-recommendo, and uh, this may be a gender-based thing again, but there was a new Netflix show called Girl Boss. And it's based on loosely on the an actual uh, person who had started a business by going to uh, vintage stores and buying clothes and then selling them on eBay. But the TV show, what I will say for it is it's it's really good about uh, it's a feminist show in a lot of ways because it says that doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman. Your lead character can still be a total asshole. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what happens in the show. Is the lead character is is a gigantic asshole. Um, but yet the show feels that as long as she makes money that we should still like this person. And I thought about that and I was like, that's a dumb premise. And then I thought, 
Well, if it was a man, we probably wouldn't have any problem with it because like, oh, you're making money. You're making bank. That's cool. So maybe that uh, taught me a little something too. Isn't that the, pre- um, the premise with that movie or that show Billions? Like they're just cutthroat jerks? I haven't watched an episode of it, but that's – Oh, yeah. That one's like the high-priced lawyer against the high-priced – billionaire right Right, trying to nail him for some kind of tax evasion or something like that it looked like one of those stellar these guys can really act and they're both going to act in the same show together no i didn't watch it either (laughs) i just i I hate the actor like did you watch um uh, which actor paul giamatti or no no no, how dare you he's one of the (laughs) finest men of he's a man of refined taste um what's the other guy's name damien uh, yeah exactly the guy from american terrorist show what was that show I can't remember Homeland Homeland thank you but you mean the guy from Band of Brothers is what you mean ah fair enough I thought I can't stand watching him Damien Lewis that's the guy yeah I just can't I just you know I'm racist Sergeant Sergeant Winters Lieutenant Winters come on I know but he was didn't he didn't he get an Emmy for Homeland or Homeland got an Emmy right yeah I think it did yeah and I was such a big Claire Danes fan too before she became like a you know, so she's weird now. She's just really strange. She's not my so-called life Claire Danes anymore. I'm a little choked at Homeland because they beat out my uh, my my wife's best friend for uh, for a uh, best writing yeah. Emmy, and they shouldn't have. <laughs> well, I I think that didn't they just sort of get tired of giving everything to Mad Men that they were like, yeah, yeah we're gonna not give it to Mad Men this time around. Yes, and that that's that's to to. To Semi's law, sadly, but uh, yeah, no. I watched the first season of Homeland. I thought it was decent, and then I was like, "What are you guys doing now?" And it's still on. I don't know what they're up to these days. Yeah, but I guess still not letting terrorists do things. But it just, yeah, I'm not watching that. Yeah, that was. Uh, I kind of really wanted them to blow up the vest in the president's bunker, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, that'd yeah, that'd be good. because I was like, I want to see what would happen if that occurred. And then he chickened out, and I thought, well, now this is just like cat and mouse. Like, yeah, now yeah, we're just, yeah. he's going to have to hide that he's a terrorist from everybody for the rest of time now, and they're going to have sex again a couple of times. But but it's like, hang on, if he blew himself up in there, then there'd be some wicked fallout, and we'd have to, you know, Claire would be quite compromised. This would be a really fun show to watch. Like, what happens when the CIA completely fails? <laughs> Well, and I'm not watching anymore. I don't think he's on there anymore. No, they killed him in the second season. They hung him from a oh, crane okay. in Baghdad or, or somewhere. All right. Yeah. Yeah. The show got dramatically better then. Like Walking Dead. Like I bailed out on Walking Dead in second or third season because they wouldn't kill Rick. And it was like uh-huh. – remember when they killed Shane, right? Yes. And yes. And then it was like, by the way, kid never handled a firearm, middle of the night, right between the eyes. <laughs> okay, good job, Carl. And all I could think about was like, why won't they kill Rick and Carl? These two are the detriment to the group. Like if they killed Rick and Carl and they let what's her name with the swords take over, they would they'd they would be fine. They'd all be living at the top of the Eiffel Tower eating caviar. So like she'd figure it out. But instead Rick has to he has to battle his own demons while he's fighting. That show sucks. Rick uh, Rick has the biggest set of plot armor that any character in the history of television has ever had. I love that term, plot armor. <laughs> like, oh, there's a gun pointed to his head, but I'm not worried. Yeah, exactly. He'll be okay. He'll be just fine. 
Yeah, I don't know. I still watch The Walking Dead, but I certainly don't watch it for the same reasons I used to. I used to actually enjoy the show. There was a moment on that show where I was like, this is like really well-written, really intense television. And it was the season that everyone just hated. And it was back when they were in the, the barn. Yeah. Right, the farm. And it was – I think it was the, the finale for that season. And basically it was the episode where – and I'm sorry, but if you're not watching already, too bad for you. No, this is, spoil it. this is not a spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> I believe the little girl, her name was Sophia. She had yeah. been missing for many episodes. And uh, so the group is getting tired of hanging around and they decide we're going to open up the barn where, where Buddy's been keeping all of his family members as zombies and we're going to take them all out. We're just going to shoot them. We're going to mow them all down. So they do this and the family's freaking out and screaming, don't do this, don't do this. And they're all doing it and, and Ricky's standing there doing nothing. And then all of a sudden the little girl comes walking out and it's someone they know and everyone's just stops and they can't do it. They can't shoot her, right? And yeah. then he decides that he has to step up and do it. And I was like, wow, that's – like I still think maybe that was their high mark. Oh, totally. 10 was. minutes. Like yeah. dramatically that was the most interesting thing they had ever done. And it's never gotten better than that. And no. now it's just kind of like, oh, what's going to happen? I almost it's it's almost like a fast forward show now, yeah. right? What's going to happen next? I don't care about these guys. Let's keep moving. Oh, this actor's kind of interesting, right? Melissa McBride. I'll watch her for a few minutes. She she generally knows what to do. And then uh, you know, but now it's just like, uh, what's going to happen next? You know? Yeah, that scene right after Rick killed the little girl, um, the zombie little girl, by the way. Uh, he, that was a perfect opportunity for Daryl to then kill Rick, right? And then tell Sophia's mom, like, I'll make another baby with you, <laughs> right? Because you know that they wanted to get down at that point. Like, they're totally into each other. Um, and then Rick would be dead. And I think that would be great for the for the world. So, remember they did. <laughs> There's a detail in that show, too, that I, I still can't get over. But what was the blonde girl's name who, who did herself with Rick's gun? Because she got bit, right? And then she was tied to the chair. In the, the Oh, uh, Andrea. Yeah. And so she got his revolver and she killed her. She shot herself in the head. But we didn't see it. We just heard it from the next room. Yep. And then you heard the shell casing hit the floor. Right. Right. Okay. So if you've ever shot a revolver, <laughs> you know that that wouldn't happen. You wouldn't hear the shell casing hit the floor. It would still be in the – anyway. I, I never forgave them for that. But they came but, up with that spinoff series, right, With where it was like California – Fear the Walking Dead. Okay, that show should that is that still on or did that tank? It is still on for some god awful reason. Yeah. <laughs> it is still on. Okay, that show should have been called The Walking Dead: Bastards Who Just Kill Zombies, right? And then you should have just been like a thirty minute zombie shredding orgy every Sunday night to follow the crappy episode of The Walking Dead that you've just had to endure. Where no doubt by the end of it, you're like, they didn't kill enough zombies. So they, you want them just to come up with weird and interesting ways to kill zombies for, for the whole episode. Yeah, like, like, like it. they bump into some guys who are like, oh, we thought you were zombies. We were about to spring this elaborate trap that we had set. Whoa. And then you get to tour the elaborate trap for 22 minutes or 21 minutes. And then the last minute is just like this, this just mowing down zombie after zombie. I think people would feel like the other show was redeeming. They forget how much Walking Dead sucks if they saw that. And I, this, by the way, there should be another Walking Dead series called The Walking Dead if Rick were killed in the second episode. <laughs> and then it would just be like a parallel timeline oh, without Rick. That's a fun idea. Alternate universe. Yeah. What about The Walking Dead, just the farm? 
everybody's left the farm, but maybe there's a character or two that show up and start farming at the farm. It's not really about zombies at all. It's mostly just about agriculture. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, like how the next wave of pioneers would handle agricultural yeah. problems if they were coming upon them for the first time. So it's like it's like Little House on the Prairie, but instead of like you know strangers or banditos coming to the town, there's an occasional zombie sighting. But it's not every week. Like, don't get me wrong. You still have the general story. You still have the Olsons. There's still heartwarming <laughs> lessons to be learned. Okay. <laughs> there's still a Pa character. There's a blind yeah. eldest daughter. Yeah, but if if they start getting on your nerves or they want to raise, then zombie. Boom. Done. You, know, you remind me. No one's named Alphonse anymore. <laughs> <laughs> was it Alphonse or Alfonso? It was Alphonse, wasn't it? Uh, Alfonso, I think, I think it was. It was Alphonse. All right, hang on a second here. I, I always said if I became a nightclub DJ, my, my handle was going to be DJ Laura Ingalls. And it was going to be <laughs> I-N-G-L-Z. You know, I don't think anyone could have predicted where this podcast would have headed. I don't think uh, even we knew we were going to go in that direction. So. Oh, man. Oh, man. This is a trivia question, ultimate trivia question. Neither of us are correct according to a cursory oh. Google search. Is it Almanzo? Almanzo Wilder. Almanzo, Almanzo James Wilder was the husband of Laura Ingalls. No, there was at least five people screaming. It's Almanzo. Almanzo, you idiots. You half-witch. Although I do like the idea, we should do, there should be like a town just down the bend from Walnut Grove where they're constantly trashing the puritanical values of Walnut Grove. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so moralistic up there in Walnut Grove. How do you know that there wasn't a town down the street from Walnut Grove where they were slowly putting together a herd of zombies (laughs) that were never actually (laughs) saw? It'd be a great little movie where they're just plotting the destruction of Walnut Grove. All right, there's a right on the edge of town. There's this ramshackle little shed. It could can't be more than one one man and a small boy in there from time to time. We're gonna burn it down. <laughs> and then here's what you do: the the guy who owns the general store, and by the look of things, controls about ninety eight percent of all the commerce in the county. <laughs> you tie him up. His wife's good for nothing. She's just a crotchety old nag. And her son's a skinny, skinny, wiry kid himself. The doctor is about so – the doctor is about 153 years old. <laughs> now, you kids quiet down and eat your roast beef. But, but Pa, we killed, the last, we killed the last cattle three months ago. That's okay. I found some roast beef, kids. Just eat it up. <laughs> Man, nothing ever phased that guy, huh? It's, like, it's good to be Michael Landon. You know that at the end of this tribulation, there's going to be some sort of a crafty one-liner you can set half of America to sleep on. <laughs> but, Paul, aren't you worried about the drought and the, and the fact that the locusts ate our crops and that we're out of money and that our blind, our, my older sister's going blind and you won't be able to afford medicine? Well, tomorrow's another day. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just have to trust that everything's going to be fine. Now hand me that shotgun. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. No, go kill, go kill the dog up back. We're hungry. <laughs> oh my God, Roger, this is gold. We need to make the Walking Dead on the prairie. <laughs> That's what. We, oh, somebody, the little Walking Dead on the prairie. Could somebody Photoshop that for us? Walking Dead on the prairie. <laughs> I, I, I badly want that. That that needs oh. to be a Lego mosaic. The Walking Dead on the prairie. <laughs> and the and. Uh, 
and Grizzly Adams too. We could do Grizzly Adams with some zombies. Okay, this is this is going to be it. So we need someone to do Walking Dead on the Prairie, a, a, a poster for us, and then we need to come up with. I like your idea of of putting Walking Dead um, into other shows where they could be meaningful. <laughs> Uh, but I would argue too that I don't want. I want the universe to be broader. So if you just want to hybridize any two shows <laughs> to make the world a better place, I, I I think that that should be the challenge. Roger, I've never laughed as hard as the thought of of Pa serving human flesh to the kids. <laughs> the zombies are taking over, and there's no cattle left. Dad, Dad, there's a beef ration going on. Shut up and eat your roast beef. <laughs> Where's El Monzo? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dave, we're, we're going to end on that note. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure. We uh, we had so much to talk about because of uh, the Facebook suggestions. So we really do love those. Keep those coming. That's fantastic. Uh, if you haven't told your friends about the podcast, tell your friends. Maybe they want to listen too. Yes, indeed. Share uh, the National Talkie League podcast with your friends. And now we proudly present to you Five minutes of silence.
What about the six million dollar man with The Walking Dead, though? Would would that be a fair fight? See, because they could really use him. Yeah, they. I mean, he can't be bitten in you, his bionic parts. You know who would be useless would be the Flash. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming to get us. Don't worry, I'll be okay. <laughs> I'll just move us all ahead. There's no threat here. He's the ultimate uh, fleer. <laughs> See, now those people who listened last week, they feel like they got something. Like the scene where uh, Tony Stark asks if uh, everybody wants to go get shawarma. Oh, yeah, that's right. That was the first. I heard there's five post-credit scenes in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, really? I think I should watch. try to watch that first movie again so I can get into the second movie. Yeah, I I watched the first one. Here's the thing. You got to watch Marvel movies in the theater because if you watch them at home, you realize they're not as good as everybody in the theater thinks they are. <laughs> it's a shared experience. People have fun at Marvel movies at the theater. We watched uh, Age of Ultron at home. Garbage. Really? Terrible. That, that's one Plot's of the terrible. Thor movies though, isn't it? What's that? That's one of the Thor movies, right? Age no, of no, Ultron? It's, that's a Avengers 2. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. Joss Whedon, who's normally amazing, that movie sucked. Uh, and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, everybody's raving. Oh my god, you got to see it! It's so awesome. And I watched it at home, and I was like, "It's okay." All of the uh, all of the villains in this movie, uh, some of the worst acting I've seen out of Hollywood in years. Just not good, not good at all. Now I just want to cut scenes from Little House in the Prairie into Marvel movies <laughs> to see if it fits. All right, that's it for the National Talking League podcast. Thanks very much.